Welcome to the Cyber Nation Uncensored Podcast. We welcome all Chumbas, Edge Runners, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, Spice Traders, and Space Folders. Thanks for joining us. Please give us a great review and also be sure to join us on both YouTube and Twitch. We'd love to see you on a live stream. Thanks again. See you soon. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. again uh hello everyone <laughs> i am cyber smiley uh one of the hosts of the tales for the forlorn dope i am wisdom triple zero i am the other co-host greetings programs we have a we have a good episode today we've got rob mulligan joining us yes hey. we do yeah uh, for those of you not in the know rob is the guy who runs the whole Cyber Nation Uncensored channel that hosts us, uh, as well as numerous other podcasts and plays and live plays and good stuff. And is this the first yeah. time we've had you on, Rob? I think so. Yeah, I think, um, you know, originally I had you on different series years ago when we first started, when it was Cyberpunk Uncensored, as yep. a matter of fact. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then you guys started up this show. Um, yeah, you I put think, us together. I think um, what, once you guys started uh, getting guests on and stuff, this is this is the first for me. Well, well, finally we we get you on. Awesome. Um, so <laughs> I'm glad I could make the time to come on this channel and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, full circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as you well know, and if you don't know, we have a little thing called our full auto questionnaire that we. Uh, have uh, short quick questions with short quick answers again there are no wrong answers but there's debatable or there's a one that is debatable in my opinion but i think i've after having the conversations with several of our guests i'm starting to lean towards and a better understanding of that last question anyways so 2020 2045 or 2077 2045 your favorite cyberpunk role? Uh, fixer. Nice. Your favorite piece of cyberware? Uh, my Wolvers. Nice. nice. 
favorite just because cyber- <laughs> a ch- childhood classic you know yeah <laughs> wolverine was always a, an inspiration for all our youth yeah. uh favorite cyberpunk weapon Ooh. uh persuasion uh, that's, a great <laughs> that's 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 a new one <laughs> yeah um, no that's that's clever Favorite cyberpunk red or 2020 book? Um, well, there's not enough red out to really throw them in the uh, in the ring there. But I would say 2020. Well, I mean, even even compared to anything red, uh, Night City um, source book that that still is just so awesome. Agreed. It's it's really hard to beat that for a city source book. I mean, it's oh it's, yeah. It was the first, uh, you know, it brought it to life as a kid. You know, I mean, you felt like you were, you fucking had an atlas or a map of the city and like it was real and I don't know, it was just so fucking cool. Yeah, and just flip through the pages and pull up some place for your players to go to, um, to yeah. meet, make a meet or do some other scenario that you want done. Um, I mean, every page is inspiration. Right. Every Anyways. single page. As for the the quick answers, let's let's move on. Uh, least favorite cyberpunk red or twenty twenty book. Oh, um, what's the uh, tales of the red? I'm not, not that not that fond of it. Okay. Huh. Um, Pan Am, Judy, or Rogue? I'm not sure how well you got into the uh. computer game yet. Yeah, not not that deep into it. Just I mean, but face value and clips and things and uh, minor encounters probably rogue. Okay, Lucy, Rebecca, or Kiwi? Um, Lucy. Carrie, River, or Garu? Hi, Carrie. All right. Uh, David, Maine, or Pilar? David, yeah. Yeah, your favorite cyberpunk, or sorry, your favorite Night City gang. <clears throat> Night City what? Sorry. Night City gang. Gang. Ooh. Um, ah, that's a tough one. Sixth Street, probably. Okay. Mm. Favorite mega corporation. Um. Your <laughs> favorite Those cyber- boys in Arasaka. Yeah. <laughs> favorite cyberpunk movie. Um, Ghost in a Shell, but um, um, childhood horror probably uh, Blade Runner, but yeah, Ghost in the Shell's favorite. Okay, favorite cyberpunk uh, fictional valid. character. Um. <sighs> It had to be major, yeah. Again, going with Ghost in the Show. She is awesome. Gibson, Dix, or uh, Stevenson? Um, uh, Gibson. Okay. Favorite cyberpunk novel? Well, Neuromancer. It's kind of the only one that uh, stuck with me. And finally... Uh 
Uh, is Shadowrun Cyberpunk? <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah? No? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'd have to say no. no. I, I'm with you in that camp. But um, throughout their wonderful uh, other interviews, there's been discussion of yes and no. I mean, it has the cyberpunk adjacent. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's just once I think once you pass a certain level of either either two things, you know, fantasy or sci-fi, you cross a line where you kind of leave cyberpunk, and you can still have dystopian. You can still have the. You see how the brand expanded when we went cybernation from cyberpunk uncensored, yeah. and we kind of expanded to other games. But I, there's a definite line. Yeah, and I think Shadowrun, they have too much fantasy in it. Uh, that they've crossed the line it can't be considered cyberpunk really but i like how uh wisdom puts it they're cyberpunk adjacent you know yeah yeah <laughs> i mean to me it's kind of like uh alt carbon right it has mm -hmm. the, definitely has the tropes but it also has the alien technology which kind of starts crossing the line into fantasy sci-fi right yeah yeah faster than light travel i mean well, mm -hmm. it's not just magic. It, I mean, tech itself can be too far advanced to be considered cyberpunk. It can still be yeah. cyberpunk adjacent, like, like say, the fifth element. Um, but it's it's no longer really cyberpunk. Yeah, exactly. At least in, in my eyes. No, I agree. I think just by definition of what is sci-fi and stuff like that, I think, you know, there has to be some degrees of all these genres and stuff. And like, I, I totally agree. I think once you start getting into too much tech, too much future, the second aliens are starting to get involved, you're, 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 you're definitely into some sci-fi shit. You're, you're, you've left cyberpunk behind, you know? Yeah. It's, it's still very it, like the tropes are still there. It's still very <clears throat> on, on, on a personal level. The tech is very, is still fairly low. But then again, they're cruising around in space, and they've got terraforming going on. Uh, so it's it's yeah, cyberpunk adjacent. Uh, yeah. Split second. I mean, it's a totally cyberpunk movie up until the demon shows up. Well, that's the questionnaire, and as we've determined, you know, there's one question that has a possible wrong answer, possible right, kind of a gray thing. Uh, but I'd like to uh, congratulate you on your first DLC. Hey, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Thank you so much. Yeah, there were some great tips in it. I think definitely uh, have some things that I could definitely use, especially your, your story generation uh, is is nice and easy. And if you're if if you're ever in a writer's block, you know, just throw some dice and just come up with a story on the fly i think is, is a great tool that you know a lot of dms Abs yeah struggle like there is some really solid advice in there nice thank you so much that means a lot coming from you guys you know because i've uh respected your involvement in the tabletop gaming especially in cyberpunk and all that i mean it's why you know we connected back in the day and why i reached out and um you know to get that compliment from you guys does mean a lot and um yeah, I, I mean, think that uh, you are a solid GM. You run a solid, solid game. And uh, the advice you threw out, it's not just good for Cyberpunk. It's good for any game anybody's running. 
Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's filed away now, and and part of my uh, what I consider my must reads for any GM. That's awesome. Very cool. So now the campaign builder uh, definitely was a time saver. Um, not not just you know for on the fly stuff, but running multiple teams and um, yeah, just being into plot hooks and you know plot twists. It's like man, it, it's nice to have a, a little a little helper like that if you're running multiple teams and weekly and busy with other life stuff. Like yeah, I can help you just throw something together and expand upon you know. Oh, yes, and you know my my site is all about generators. <laughs> And automating that for for everyone, um, but yeah. So can can you tell me how uh, you got started with collaborating with Artel Sorian? Was it them reaching out to uh, you, or are you kind of woken up with them? Me, yeah, just begging them and begging them and begging them and then begging them some more. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> a little bit of that, though, to be honest. You know, um, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm such a fucking fan. I just, I've, I've constantly been on jay and you know um uh now dice and like uh just anybody there J uh, james um even when tara bella started playing like i was reaching out uh uh inadvertently and like kind of adjacently to cody and like um, i'm just constantly trying to work with them in any capacity we did you know a charity one shot in the past i've had them on for interviews on a they're on a different gm tips episodes um, I'm still trying to get uh, Cody or and or Mike on a documentary thing that I'm still producing and directing. But um, yeah, I think it's just been a constant uh, push for me, like over the past couple of years, just trying to work with them as much as possible. And then uh, it was, I don't know, maybe, a, you know, a couple months ago, Jay reached out and said, hey, would you want to do the downloadable content, uh, you know, GM tips thing on uh, uh, in September that listen up uh primitive screwheads or whatever to gm rob mulligan or what i can't remember what they titled it. it was based on the original but um listen up to rob mulligan yeah there it is um so obviously like it was a yes uh you know before i even finished reading the fucking email i'm replying yes uh, so uh and i was in the middle of filming too i was in that horror scissors glory hole film <laughs> at the time and then I knew I was getting right into this sci-fi film, so I was busy as, as hell, but it, it was a no-brainer to say yes and just try to be involved with them as much as possible, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was nice to, to, like, actually talk with you and and see see them at Gen Con. Um, and I think, you know, it's interesting how you were like, oh, I didn't get the invite to the to the conversations. I'm like, just show up, man. I'm sure they're not. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be, you know, sticklers on uh, who has a ticket and who's not. Yeah, I never, I didn't do the sign up thing or whatever that that they were promoting. And then um, the day of, I was like, oh shit, that's right. And I looked, and it was sold out. And you were like, just just show up, man. Just walk in. And so, yeah, I just walked in, sat down, and sure enough, there was seats. And, uh, you know, people cancel and show up. Some people show up late and uh, stuff like that. So it was it was no problem. And, and you know, it was, it was great to get the reception from the Artalsorian team, you know, just to walk in and, and get greeted by Jay and James and everybody. Just everyone was just so fucking nice, you know. So mm -hmm. it was just really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. And seeing so, you uh, too. Yeah. And seeing you in person <laughs> too. Seeing, seeing a lot of CyberNation Uncensored people in person, you know, we had uh, more than a handful, a little team. We got to at least go and do lunch one of the days yep. and stuff. It was cool. It was cool to hang out in person. Yeah. Yeah. That day, uh, I am, uh... the day after I got my uh, rib broken. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's why I was stumbling around. So, I am so jealous I missed out on all that. Uh, one day I'll make it to Gen Con. One day. Yeah, you have to. So, um, but that's great, man. Um, again, congrats. Hopefully they'll hit you up for some more. Um, especially now. Yeah, are there, have... any, are there any plans for further collaboration with Artelsorian? No, nothing right now, but um, you can bet I will be staying on that and keep trying to do more, you know, like I would love to work with them more and uh, write for them, help them create things like I definitely have uh, plenty of cyberpunk uh, experience and passion for it. I would love it. Yeah. Yeah, because you uh, you did a collaboration with uh, Mr. Stitz. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Mr. Stids. Yeah. yeah, with um, your your Dead Lotus Adventure scenario that's um, right now downloadable from uh, Cybernation Uncensored. Um, I yep. did check that out. I don't know if I'm going to be able to run it. I might think about running it at some con, maybe. But uh, problem is my in my in person group they don't play Cyberpunk Red, so I've. The last time I played was uh, at Gen Con, so I plan on running some um, at a con coming in February to run some Cyberpunk Red. But yeah, I I really like that adventure, how it was, you had all the maps, you had like a cheat sheet with it. Um, I really liked the art. Um, Definitely, like, you know, compared to my free downloadable stuff, it was... It was very well, uh, I guess, I want to say manicured, but presented in oh, a yeah. very nice way and, and structured. Like, not that you're not a professional, but it, it, it is definitely a, a supplement that, you know, I could see as a as a pushable thing. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I put a lot of fucking work into it, man. Like, um... Just like with all my games, I always try to put like a plot twist and make things like, you know, exciting or whatever, keep players on their toes, like every good GM should and does. But um, yeah, I took one of those adventures and kind of mapped out the outline of it. Um, I worked with um, Derek Barrows uh, to help me with artwork and stuff. I worked with Lion Banner Games for map help, uh, just working with sponsors of Cybernation Censored and partners that have helped me since day one. And then um, once I got the tokens and um, just everything kind of put together in that, in that sense, then I hit up Mr. Stids because uh, he's put together a couple things on his own like that um, to help kind of you know lay it out and structure it and, and write out the parts um, into format and stuff to be better presentable. Um, so it was a definite collaboration of, of multiple uh, talents from multiple people to kind of bring that that supplement to life. So um, definitely proud of it. And um, yeah, hopefully you get to run it at a con or something at one point. And uh, if you do, let me know how it goes. Oh, definitely. Um, or even if it, if it, if it's not a an event event, um, maybe get some people together just to run it or even just 
tell my players, hey, we're, I'm running this. I need a break. I can't, you know, <laughs> continue thinking about the main campaign. I need just a, a quick uh, filler so I can think about, yeah. you know, the broad, you know, expansive campaign I have running right now. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was definitely a great great little supplement. Um, do you plan on doing uh, future scenarios and? Yeah, yeah, I've got um, right now. I'm working with um, Nick, uh, aka Three Kings Squared. Uh, he's on. He's been on Team Nevermore. He's on Team. Uh, um, he's on the Cyborg uh, Saturday team now that evolved into Plug and Play that we do every every Saturday. Unfortunately, I've been away filming uh, for months now, so we'll be back at that uh, starting in mid-November. But um, he's writing out one of the campaigns um, that I created for Team Nevermore, and it's going to be uh, targeted towards Cyborg. And okay. then I've got uh, another one where we might be uh, uh, altering Dead Lotus into Cyborg rules as well. Um, to make that one available for those players. So when you, um, when you say Cyborg, to... you mean the one that's um, like Morgborg? Exactly, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's uh, kind of like their, their, their cyberpunk uh, version. I've got um, that. That's a great, great book. No, I love it. I fucking love the style of it. Like, it's definitely uh, so stylized into their, their thing. It pushes a little bit uh, into, you know, weird... Uh, I don't want. I don't even want to say fantasy because it doesn't push into that. But there's definitely some mutations and things. But it's all kind of comprehensible and it makes it makes sense. And it's like, it's just it's it's well connected in the lore and the in the pieces that they have that they do have. Um, and it being so new, um, I love being able to kind of manipulate it and work with it. But that's that's the next couple adventures I'm going to put out for probably Cyborg. And then I've got one I'm working on. Um, Another cyberpunk one I'm working on with uh, Stink Palm, <clears throat> excuse me, and then uh, one I want to write out for my Shadows of Asterin, um campaign that I recently ran because I, I love I love the guys in Studio Agate. Met them at Gen Con, really connected. I'm getting ready to put out a, a whole tutorial series on uh, Shadows of Asterin, and um, I want to I want to put out a campaign for that too. I think that game uh, deserves a lot more attention. So. You've uh, we mentioned a couple of times uh, your filming schedule and uh, all that. Have you thought of as part of your various projects? Have you thought of converting any of uh, any of your film projects into game material? Oh, a hundred percent, and vice versa. Um, I've been. There's a couple of things that I've been working on long term. Um, one thing is I, I and this will probably come together once I get out of this current film because um, I'm gonna have some some better free time and some more strategic planning and stuff. And I'm but I'm trying to get more partner in, involved um, with with Cybernation Uncensored so I can kind of open up to some of these things. But one in particular I've been working on is um, I, I want to kind of take HD versions of some of the gaming streams, edit them down, put out some DVDs using some of my filmmaking distribution hookups, maybe get it on Amazon Prime, Tubi, some other uh, streaming platforms I've got hookups for, um, for my filmmaking side of things. I'm also working on a, a couple live game plays, like you see a lot of other brands do, but I'm going to have some twists to it. I don't want to give away exactly what I'm doing, but it's going to be a lot more 
uh, involved in entertaining than just watching some people play a role-playing game. But it's going to be live. I'm, I'm presenting a pitch to Artalsorian, to Modiphius, to Steo Agate. I'm going to see who, who kind of jumps to help and, and bites at it, and then that'll kind of determine which game I'm going to focus on. But, um, but yeah, I definitely have some some plans for crossing over my different networks and talents and things from the filmmaking side of stuff. Yeah, that's that's pretty exciting news. That that sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah i mean um, yeah you've actually got the ability to turn your games into into these things so that's kind of like a dream come true for every gamer i think oh yeah now there was a minute there where i was pushing something called the game shop i don't know if you remember that and it was going to be a series about a game master working out of this shop which is this guy this kind of he's not really a gamer he is more into like baseball cards and shit but he's kids come in buying pokemon and like i don't know there's all this sort of stuff that it makes it a comedy but it's based in a game shop but it just kind of got canned and, and hit the ground because the gm that we were working with at the time was satine phoenix and everybody knows kind of what happened with her and jameson back in the day and that was like right before their whole fiasco so we were like yeah let's yeah they, that let's, may not be the that's not the person to have as the lead uh, gm in the show so but um but yeah i'm always trying to you know cross network and stuff every every hookup every industry thing that i've done whether you know comic book publishing book publishing touring musician filmmaking gaming streaming being sponsored um just every everything i've done has come from just making it happen like from nothing like literally just networking and just making shit happen um I remember coming across the country, moving to LA just to be more around the entertainment industry. Cause at the time I was in Florida, I kind of maxed out all the hookups there and things I was doing and touring out of there. And it was like, I'm either going to go to New York or LA to be around the entertainment industry and further any of my careers. And LA won at the time because of the legal cannabis. Cause I'm also uh, at the time a professional grower, which I won awards and stuff for when I moved out to LA. But once I got out here, I was like, fuck, this is the capital for filmmaking and shit. Let me get involved with that. And like, now I'm fucking producing and directing films. I've acted in a bunch. I've got more than 20 plus credits on my IMDb. And like, I, you know, I didn't have experience with that. I just, when I have a passion for something, I make it happen. You know what I mean? Just like the gaming stuff when uh, we hit COVID and I started fucking around online a little more than in the past um, because of all the quarantine stuff going around. It was like, I realized, holy shit, like there's a video game about cyberpunk. I remember that when I was a kid, I loved that shit. And like, there's been such a gap and wait, they've been working on cyberpunk red. What is this? Yep. you know and then when i started looking online i saw streamers doing game I'm like fuck i could do that that looks fun let me let me start doing that you know and uh look at it now you know expanded all the way to multiple shows and gms and you know people like you helping and getting involved with awesome shows like this and it's just i i, I just make shit happen so like i love when i can cross it over like if there's something in one industry that i've got hookups for that i'm working in and i can connect the dots to a different industry i also have hookups in and it just sparks and manifests a third awesome other thing you know like i just love it yeah i mean you definitely have your hands in a whole lot of pies and you seem to be doing all of them well so. <laughs> i appreciate that i like pies <laughs> Yeah, so I gotta apologize that um, I haven't been keeping up with all the actual plays you run. So, is there any news on uh, Team Nevermore? And what um, yeah, I mean, it, it, 
Yeah, it evolved into plug and play, so we could kind of rotate into different games. And we started up Cyborg. We got our session zero and our session one, and then I started filmmaking. And then I got out of the the scissors film, and then we're in pre production for this film. Now we're filming on on this sci fi action film. And then Casper, one of our players, she ended up uh, getting hired to be a, um, a scare actor all during October at one of the parks or something. Okay. Um, so we were like, well, fuck, I guess we'll, we'll get back to it mid-November when I get out of this That's film. the most fun you can have at a job, I swear. Oh, I know. <laughs> so that kind of put things on hiatus. But we'll be back in November. We'll finish up the Cyborg team, the game. Um, and then we'll get into uh, either Shadows of Asterion or Dune, um, Death in Space. I have like a handful of different games, and we're just going to try to cycle through them. And um, that's why the, the name kind of went to plug and play from right. Team Nevermore. But we will circle back around to Cyberpunk Red and, um, you know, continue on with those characters after we get through a bunch of other games. Okay, what about the, the Team Phoenix Rising? Or is that... Yeah, that's the monthly. That's the one. Uh, anybody who signs up to the Patreon for the ten dollar um, tier for uh, vote and play, they get into that raffle. Um, that one is actually uh, two games behind now because we had to postpone one because of some player stuff. And then again, the filmmaking kind of put me MIA. You know, when we filmmake, it's like twelve hour set days and stuff, and it's just nonstop. So I, I can't do anything else. But um, We'll be back at that starting uh, in the end of November, and I've got some some fun plans for that. Uh, unfortunately, one of the players, one of the regular players, um, had to quit because of his day job changing schedules on him. But it, that that means a seat opened up for the Patreon people. So I'm going to try to work in a couple different uh, Patreon players um, a month instead of just one seat. Um, we've kind of upgraded to two. We might even work in three here and there. Um, there might be a guest. Uh, in the works here and there. So, uh, yeah, Phoenix Rising will definitely be back, too. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I was trying to keep track of all the, the various live play shows you get, you currently have on Cyber Nation on Sensors. You have the High Riders, right, which is Cyberpunk Red, Team Toxic, which yep. is Cyberpunk Red slash uh, Elf Lines, um, yep. The Last of Us 2D20, Star Trek, Running the Night, which is another Cyberpunk red uh morning yep. play cafe with uh rocket fox fallout and that's two. minecraft and yep. other uh games that's random <laughs> and fallout 2d20 and i know there's more <laughs> yeah the fallout is by uh gm darren drader which is an awesome writer and uh, gamer gm and then yeah we have uh monthly talk nerdy to me uh, which is kind of like our tech, gaming, geek culture show that's on the first Friday of every month. That should be this Friday, I believe. Um, and then there's uh, Tales from the Forlorn Dopes, obviously, right here. Um, <laughs> and then you're right, there was something else I'm trying to remember. There's like another another one or two. Oh, uh, Rockhead Fox has the monthly weird. Yes. Um, she has her monthly weird show. She does at night. And it's just a, a monthly recap of just random weird news stories and videos and things it's really interesting yeah because she goes into like uh some weird history as well oh yeah all kinds of stuff and then some weird funny fluff stuff like you know mullet competitions and stuff like she she digs up some pretty interesting story uh you know news and stuff right 
Yeah. So, so you good. You've got a. You've been doing this for a while now. Uh, running Cybernation Uncensored, and through that time, you've you've, you've gotten uh, more than your fair share of celebrities to make guest appearances or uh, like run quick campaigns. Um, who's your Who's your favorite? Uh, <laughs> unexpected celebrity to show up. Oh, um, I mean, everybody from the gaming industry is awesome. I love uh, when I get to talk to Chris from Modifius. Um, just the fact that when he own he owns the company, he's just so down to earth and stuff. So he's kind of a celeb to me. You know, these are like the industry people, right? But they're kind of celebs to me. But I think out of everybody. Uh, performance-wise, guests, things like that. Just getting uh, Techno Destructo from Guar to make a couple promo videos for my Sirenscape stream. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. And I've got videos, like, I didn't even release yet of that. that it kind of passed its time. I'm kind of depressed about it. I might have to put them out, but, like, of him, like, clenching my head in the fucking wrench and just all <laughs> kinds of crazy shit that he was saying and improving and um, it was just so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I used to, I used to be in the Guar several decades ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oddly yeah, enough, just... I've seen Guar live more than I think any other band. Really? Me too. Me too. Yeah. I've only seen. I had once. like uh, up until I moved to LA, like I gave away all my old concert shirts and ticket stubs and things to like fans and friends back there from my uh, t band at the time and think touring I was doing. Um, I had like a big going away party and was giving away a bunch of stuff we didn't want to move with. And um, I had, I think, nine. It was either nine or 11. I can't remember which number it was because um, I had a, an, another uh, concert shirt pile going. But um, of white T-shirts, every time we would go see Guar, me and like our clique of friends, we would throw on white T-shirts. And the fun was like <laughs> moshing and stage diving and getting crazy. And you'd leave and like look at all the fucked up colors and like shit all in your shirt, you know. And we and I, we kept them. Like I had all of them, all crusty and stiff. Um, and and it's so funny, like to think like going from being a fan and going to all those fucking shows and like getting their autographs. I own all. I still have all their comic books and shit, you know. And um and going from that to like hanging out with Techno Destructo and. Um, so the original Sylvester Hyman and shit, like she does special effects. She did the Stranger Things effects and stuff. Her and her husband, they work in the film industry. And um, yeah, you know, just to meet these people and do these things after being a fan as a kid is really, really cool. But yeah, Techno Destructo is definitely my favorite uh, little cameo for gameplay stuff. It's definitely weird. And he played a cyborg, which is perfect. Fucking Techno Destructo, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> he's a cyber. He's got cyber psychosis, man. It's perfect. Yeah, when I lived in Kansas City, they used to come through all the time, and uh, I had a pair of Etni sneakers. Um, I think by the time those things fell off my feet, the, the laces were still pink mm -hmm. from the stage blood that they spewed yeah. across so, everything. So I think, uh, listeners, if you guys don't know who Guar is, um, definitely go look them up. They've been around since um, the 90s, 80s. Um, they they took shock rock to the next level um yeah literally <laughs> they are what just dreamed in their wildest imagination yeah. that they, they want oh the, their their background had like you know film they had uh film school background and stuff they went to yeah i mean they're they all knew... a bunch of 
film school nerds. That's they—they they were the ones that taught uh, green green jello when they were, you know, before it was green jelly when they got sued and shit back in the day. They were the ones that taught green jello how to move on from paper to mach- paper mache to foam latex and how to make proper molds, yeah. like you know, upgrade their stage stuff. Because um, at the time, green jello was all paper mache, and they were like on tour, opening up for Guar and stuff. But Guar. Yeah, they have a big film background, and they were like probably the first band of that kind to really, like you said, put on that that fucking theatrical, like just over the top. Like they were characters, and they were method actors. Like they were fucking in it. Yep. Like it was just so good. Well, there, there's actually a TED talk that I watched um, with the new lead singer, in which he, he of course, he was wasn't dressed as the character, but he he talked about how how the arts played a pivotal role with the group and how it evolved and, and where Guar originally came from and, be, you know, grew into um, and how the, where, where these guys came from, a, from a background of, of, you know, art and film. And, you know, they were just a bunch of students who just kind of grew into it, you know? Um, yeah. That was, that was really interesting. And the funny thing is the guy who got me into Guar he, I think, like five years later, became a born again Christian and <laughs> is completely the opposite wow. person. Uh, he used you to are be. you are making a U turn there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, a weird little uh, little inside thing. Like I, when I was talking with Techno about all kinds of shit from there, their appearance on Beavis and Butthead and all that's like what really blew them up back in the day because MTV just didn't stop with them at that point, and that's what blew them up. He said. But um, another thing is him and and uh, Danielle, the Slamenster Hyman, and uh, like uh, who is the new singer who was Beefcake and shit. Like they're the, the original band. Like all of them, from my understanding, like they they don't like Dave. Like apparently Dave Odorous Urungus, the lead singer who passed yeah. away back in 2014. Like um, apparently like he was real fucking arrogant and like I never met him, but um, like the rest of the band like does not like him. And they said like touring got fun after he died and they like kind of shifted to the new singer and did the new stuff and whatever i was like wow that blew that blew me away yeah yeah that blows me away because all all the shows i saw he he was he was there like that's yeah i've seen that dude get hit by beer bottles in the face more than once oh yeah but uh yeah no they always seem to be having a great time on stage mm-hmm um so that's that's really surprising to hear i kind of crushed a little bit over that yeah sorry to share that had to yeah but (laughs) you know there's there's always egos involved when you get into the music industry um yeah it's it's always rare to hear a band actually you know make it and work together just from a personal perspective like anytime like after the shows i would always hang out with them and they all seemed like he was never rude to me. So that, uh, that that's about all I can say about that. Yeah, I think he also was probably exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they'd take off those costumes and come out after the show and just be utterly drenched. Oh, like I, I, just from my you know brief time as like a in the doing B films in Kansas City. Like I know how hot foam latex gets, and uh, throw some hot lights under on that, and you're constantly moving because you're playing instruments and running a whole show, and 
Oh, that's I cannot imagine the torture that each of those uh, guys had to go through uh, anytime they put on a show. Testament to stamina, I guess. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, speaking of... Yeah, uh, we digress a bit. Yes, I know. So, continuing on with your actual play, so you hooked up with uh, Sirenscape um, with that team, which, you know, I, I tried yeah. to, to... It was one of the few nights I actually had free, so I tried to um, watch as much as I could. Um, because the, the chemistry with the players just really pop through the screen. Um, and I really love, love the characters in that game. <clears throat> yeah, I love that too. Yeah. So, Sirenscape itself is such a neat tool. Like, uh, I haven't gotten to play with it in years, but back in the days when they were just first starting out, uh, I was a big supporter of them back then. And, uh, I had the I had the setup to where I could actually make use of it. Sadly, I no longer have any kind of setup like that. But man, it's a it's a cool it's a cool tool. Uh, yeah. Fully immersive audio in your games is just it's it can be a game changer. Oh yeah, no, I was a fan. That's how I got hooked up with them for, to GM for them for so long was because. Um, I saw what they were doing and, you know, streaming all the time. I was like, fuck, man, I need that. Like, that really brings the game to life. It's great for live streaming, too. Like, just it automates for a GM even running multiple things. Like, I can set it on, like, it, I put you in Night City and it automatically randomizes. I can trigger gunshots when I need it. And, like, I could use it that basic or I could really get involved and construct construct my own unique sound sets, which I've done before for certain games and things and scenes. Um, but I hit them up and was just like, look, this is what I'm doing with Cybernation Uncensored. And well, at, that, at the time, I think I hit them up as early as when it was Cyberpunk Uncensored, when we were just laser focused on that. And um, yeah. and they were down, man. Like um, I said, I would lo- I, I want to use your tool and I'm, I'm going to, you know, I've been checking it out and I, I'm testing it out and I'm going to buy it. But in the chance that you could come on as even just a product sponsor or something, I would really love that. But if not, I just wanted to reach out and tell you how much I love it and I'm going to fucking promote it. You mind if I put your logos on my streams and things? And like, um, you know, I was like all in even without a sponsorship or anything. Like I just honestly loved the tool, you know? Um, And that's how I got involved. And they were just like, wow, really cool. We've actually seen your stuff. And then they started getting a little more involved and then, you know, some time passed, and I'm able to get all our streaming GMs with a, a Cybernation Uncensored copy of Sirenscape that uh, our, all our GMs use under the brand as a sponsor. And then uh, they did a, a sort of Cyberpunk Red mini one-shot thing with our Talsorian um, that they really had a good time with. And they said, man, we want to kind of continue this, um, and we see all the GMing you're doing. We like your style. We like your, your stage pre- presence, so to say. Um, would you want to come on board and put together a team and produce these, you know, weekly show with us ongoing for as long as we can push it? And that's how it started. And I think we've been doing it for like two years now um, over there. And uh, it's like it's every Thursday. We've built up the characters uh, like our fixer is already to rank 10. He's got like, you know, worldwide hookups and stuff. It's it's incredible the level that they've gotten. And we're we're kind of putting a wrap on the team i'm sad to say i'll break the news right now to anybody watching because we haven't really made an announcement yet that the team is officially ending um there will be 
hopefully a new team coming up with the same players new characters in the near future it might not be weekly some things might change i'm not sure exactly yet that we're going to be working with sirenscape on that in the future and hopefully that'll that'll happen sooner than later but um one thing that i've kind of worked out with them and the team is uh we did a bunch of one shots kind of showcasing each character and then i'm doing a bunch of kind of standalone streams over the next well when i get back from filming um, I already started it before I went filming with the wedding of Hades, played by Rocket Fox, and Alley Cats, played by Ellen Graham of Roll the Cast. Um, they've kind of had a love interest thing going on between their characters ongoing for the past years, and it's grown up to proposals and stuff. Um, so we actually had their wedding on a stream. When we get back, we're going to have the birth of Rush, the 10 rank fixer, his son, um, which I dropped that as a plot twist at the end of one of the one shots that she, uh, his wife was pregnant. Um, I always drop really awesome plot twists on the streams, by the way. Everyone should tune in and check those out. All the VODs on the Sirenscape YouTube. But uh, but I'm going to come back, do the birth of his son. And then they took over the 24-hour cafe I created. I created a 24-hour cafe in Night City um, to kind of be a transition spot. So in between campaigns, I put the players there. And in character, we role play out a recap of what just happened. We kind of foresight into what's about to happen. And it gives me uh, kind of that little transition, a little break, a recap for people and allows time for planning the next campaign. But I created that 24-hour uh, cafe and it's crossed over to all my other teams. I use it with every stream team that I do in Night City. And the team actually recently purchased the cafe. They 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 blew it up and kind of fucked it up over time and different things <laughs> they've done. But they ended up purchasing it under a great deal. Um, and they've been renovating it with a tech from our team, Phoenix Rising, played by... Uh, Chris Callies, a.k.a. Cold Spider, uh, who plays in the High Riders campaign as well with GM Raven. But um, he's actually, re his tech is renovating the cafe, and after the birth of Russia's son, uh, we're going to do an episode of the grand opening of the new 24-hour cafe with the team running it, and then we're going to do kind of a uh, skip 10 years into the future, uh, how is it going, and you know them kind of into their uh senior years or later years as uh, post edge runners and now running this cafe um so yeah it's it's like sad but it's happy and it's it's been a long time and it's exciting and i don't know i don't know what to think about it yet but uh that's what that's where we're at and that's what we'll be doing in uh, late november yeah i think uh with any long long series the you, it, you're not fully aware of it until you're actually doing the, the rap you know um yeah so well oh uh, and uh just to I see in chat pwb says will the characters of the current team uh, live on in your universe will they be making some cameos as npcs and absolutely i've already talked to them um you know the 24-hour cafe is a thing in all my worlds i love it i use it as a gm meta wise like i said for in between campaign planning it allows for a recap it's a fun role play session um i do put little plot twists in it but a little foreshadowing it, it, they're just fun so i'm going to continue on with those as the new renovated 24-hour cafe with those edge runners running it that all play as npcs and as you know all those players um uh, well rocket and brandon are part of cybernation uncensored uh, Phil and Ellen from Roll the Cast are great friends. They'll be making appearances, but we'll absolutely have them make cameos on different teams at the cafe when applicable. Anytime I can work that in, I love it. I love having guests. Cool. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Um, 
Yeah, because I, I think the last I saw was uh, Rockets was in a play, and you guys were going to wait until she finished up. But then again, you also have your, <laughs> you know, you're wrapping up with your uh, your own production. Um, exactly. Well, yeah, she finished her play, and then we got one session in where I got to do the wedding of Hades and Alley Cats, yeah. and then I started my filming, so we went on hiatus again, yeah. Yeah, all right, cool. Well, more to look forward to. Um, <clears throat> so I know, I know off stream, but, um, with your busy schedule, I don't know if you've tra had a chance yet to, uh, play at all Cyberpunk 2077 or even investigated some of the, uh, Phantom Liberty yet. No, not, not enough. You know, um, the extent that I've, d I dove in was, um, to be able to VR and kind of explore Night City. Um, which there was a, a plug-in um, on, uh, what is it, GitHub or whatever, yep. um, that you plug in with this Oculus plug-in. Like, I, I run HTC Vive. If anyone's seen um, Virtual Reality Live, it's kind of this streaming brand. Similar to CyberNation Uncensored, I'm kind of trying to combine both those worlds. I want to get back into VR. I'm not a big video gamer. I love mm -hmm. tabletop. Um, when it comes to video games, like, once I got into VR, that just won me over. I barely liked video games to begin, to begin with. But uh, I love VR, um, so I do want to kind of combine those worlds and get back into streaming some VR stuff. But that I I, I loved uh, 2077 for being able to just walk around Night City and explore it a bit at the time that that was working, anyways. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely are a creator, not a consumer, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, Eventually, I think I, I think the biggest mistake they made was not allowing multiplayer, because if they had allowed multiplayer, you could actually run tabletop games. Oh, I know. Like live through the through the game, GM just tells you, you know, that homeless guy over there is doing whatever. Um, yeah. But just be able to have that fully three D immersive environment that your character could just wander through. Oh, yeah. No, and it doesn't even need really to be... You know, absolutely. And it doesn't even need to be a full, like... Um, like, they could literally lo lobby that and limit it to, like, you know, five players, six players, you know, a GM, five players, or whatever. Uh, it could even be, like, someone kind of controlling NPC drops and certain things. And, like, uh, there's a VR game called Onward that's kind of a... A military simulator thing that I, I when I when I do have time for VR, which it's been fucking forever, um, that's the one game I'm obsessed with. Anyone look up Onward? Um, if you go to Virtual Reality Live, most of the live streams that I I've done have been that. It is so realistic; you can die within a couple shots, and it's like it's a military simulator, and it's get your heart going. What, but, what's um, this called again? Onward, Onward. I need to check that out for VR. It's fucking amazing, but um. But in that game, it's, you know, you join, you pick uh, a lobby and you get in and it only allows so many, uh, like five people or six people per team. And it's versus that's the one I do anyways. There's different game options. But man, if they did that with 2077, um, I didn't even think of like what you said, the aspect of you could run your tabletop in it. Um, you know, literally the algorithm would be the dice reacting to how you're playing. So it would almost be a cross between a bit of strategic TTRPG mixed with a little bit of you know, reflexology and shit, like, you've got to actually do some things, you know? Um, I think that'd be amazing. That'd be so much fun. 
Yeah, maybe a, a mod to turn it into like a turn-based thing. Yeah. Like, but like, yeah, they really dropped the boat on not exploring that. Hopefully with the sequel, they, they go into that. Yeah, well, obviously they had so much trouble with the release of this game, you know, so... I think I think them just focusing on the basics that they were planning since day one just consumed them. I mean, look how long this project was. I mean, and well, well done. I'm not one of the people. Obviously, I'm not that big into video games, anyways, to be that opinionated on it. But I'm definitely not one to be like, you know, hurry up and release it, or right. You should have no, spent more time. It's not good enough. Or exactly like to me, like fuck, man, take your time, release it when you need to. Like I'll get it when you say it's ready because I want it to be ready. And but like all these companies, they get into this. Uh, I don't know, they just get into that position where they're just pressured, you know, and they, they, they try to find that balance and it leaves them just having to fucking do plugins and fix bugs and just all this stuff and then deal with backlash of bad reviews by the same people that complained it wasn't coming out fast enough and shit. Like, they're just, they just exactly. don't get it. <laughs> you know, like, no critical the, thinking there, you know? On the other hand, they've got their investors who breathing down their necks and all that shit. You gotta release it, you gotta release it, like you said. It's uh, yeah. it's a the video game industry is a cutthroat world, and it always amazes me that we get things that are as amazing as we do, um, like Cyberpunk. Uh, for as <clears throat> for the amount of hardship that they were having to deal with, and the amount of innovation that they were trying to bring, uh, that we got anything at all from them was a miracle. That we got something so amazing. Right. Um, is divine intervention. I mean, it's it's. And let's just different. say, look, look how, look how fucking mainstream that made Cyberpunk. I mean, between that and then the Edge Runners uh, Netflix fucking series, and like, I mean, we've seen Cyberpunk since the day you know seventies, right? Like Blade since the days of Blade Runner, our first like taste into like film and stuff on on like a forefront, like big major picture style thing and then since then there's been all these little drops right but fantasy has been on the constant like D D, just say just like in gaming you know in tabletop gaming right D &D yeah is dominated it's been the great it's always you know, fantasy yep and it's the godfather of gaming i, I understand that but I'll, man if i've i can't give props to this video game and then leading to the series and like there's there's definitely there's been a lot like of a, action series coming i mean yeah like it's just i feel cyberpunk like, more for a, for a franchise that was all but dead for like 20 years yeah to suddenly be like the one of the largest franchises in the world almost out of nowhere it's it's amazing in 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 three years they took what had been a, like i said a dead game and just like super steroided it out like jesus yeah. christ it's you can get birthday party decorations that are cyberpunk. Right. If you had told me that in the 90s when it was, you know, me and my friends playing in the basement, I'd have laughed in your face. I'd have said, there's no way in hell that'll ever happen. We dreamed of it happening. We dreamed of getting an anime series. Right. But the fact that it's happened still blows me away. Yep. Yeah, 100%, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and the whole concept of how 
the, the debate, especially within the gaming community around the game and, and what a horrible raunch it was, right? So there's there's tons of pressure. A, you have the marketing team who are putting pressure on you. You have the, especially if you're if you're a publicly traded corporation. Now you have the the issue of any any corporation that's publicly traded. You always have to be worried about what products they're pushing out because they're trying to make deadlines and they're trying to make quarter um, uh, quarter goals, right? I expect right. this amount of money at this time, else, you know, a bunch of people are going to get fired. Right. Um, versus, Absolutely. versus like how players, how the gaming community is like embracing Baldur's Gate th- 3 and being like, oh, this is such a great game. Look at how it is. It's like, okay, that's an independent company, number one, right? So they have really can take their time and get it done right and not have marketing and, and other pressures around that. Secondly, they did a soft launch at the same time, the first cyber, you know, when Cyberpunk first came out. So that was back in 2020. That's when Baldur's Gate was, sorry, soft launched, right? Which, again, had shitload of bugs, and they took three years to repair all those bugs. And now that they released it, you know, everyone's like, look at this. Look at the release of this game. This is awesome. This is great. It's like, no, they had a community of players who went through and, and found all your bugs for the past three years. You called it a soft launch, even though you really launched it um, to, to get all that stuff fixed. So right. it, it, you can't compare the two games or compare Baldur's Gate to any of the other games unless those games have a soft launch. Because you had I mean, it's, extra input from I, the community. I always compare it to the launch of any Bethesda game. Like, I've never seen a Bethesda game launch that wasn't just riddled with problems. And some of them really severe problems. Much worse than I saw with Cyberpunk. Um, well, but it's everybody also the, just kind of glosses those over. Exactly. And I think and, it's also the video game industry is that's kind of industry standard too. It's like one of one of the only industries that's like gets the pressure to the point where they'll release something that's not done. No knowing okay, you know, we, we just we do uh uh fucking plugins and shit and like we'll fix it as we go and like let's at least get the core of it out there. It's good enough. You know, like it's it's one of the only industries that yeah. does that. You don't you don't see albums and movies coming out and they'll go like this is good everyone like go watch our movie go listen to my album but hey in like a month we're going to release a new version that's going to fix those vocals right there it's going to fix that scene we're going to add something in like yeah that rarely fucking happens but with video games it's almost industry standard and i think it's because of just the amount of money involved i mean they make more money in e-games than in real sports apparently from advertisers and stuff if you've looked at the current stat numbers and stuff and viewership but um you know, I, I think it's that. I think it's just the amount of money and pressure behind these fucking games that they've altered typical in- industry standards to accept that, you yeah, know, that, it, that level of wrong or whatever. It's mistakes, really the know. only medium you can get away with that because it's all it's all digital and online now. So they can True. just patch as they go. Yeah. Like, it, it, on one hand, it is like a weird thing that the industry allows it. But on the other hand, uh, like I said, it's the only industry that can do that. So it can constantly make itself better and 
tweak itself. Um, it's kind of a weird double-edged sword in that regard. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully with Cyberpunk 2 uh, in the next few years, uh, they'll learn their lesson and uh, move on. Because I, I think the other thing, the problem with Cyberpunk was the engine that they had. They were basically creating a, a new mechanics within that engine that they weren't fully aware of uh, how to work with it, right? And again, the the whole thing had tons of different issues <laughs> from the testing, from you know the de the battles between the dev and management, between all of it. It's just. And they were really asking a lot of that operating system, like for something that they were just developing as they were going along, like the amount of things that they were expecting it to be able to do kept changing dramatically uh, as it reached the limits of what that operating system was capable of. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> them switching to Unreal is, the, is, is fantastic news. It means a lot of that work will be done for them. They just have to slot in the options that they want now. Yep. And that engine is about as close to perfection as, as it gets, really. Well, so far. <laughs> um, so, Rob, what else uh, can people expect from CyberNation Uncensored in the, in the future? Yeah, um, well, I'm excited to get back to running games. I'm definitely, like I said, opening up more seats from the Patreon. Um, so I'm excited to like cycle in new players monthly, if not bi-monthly, uh, depending on how many seats I can open up and kind of fill with that team. But um, but I think that'll be a lot of fun. I think um, you know doing those rap sessions for Sirenscape is going to kind of I don't know, open up some things for me. Cause like I said, uh, you know, that was a weekly game I was running for two years as much as I'm sad to see it go to an end. I know we've kind of taken that to the max and I'm, I don't know, kind of excited to see what I can do freeing up that, that day because I do have some other team ideas, some guest appearance ideas. So I don't know. I think there's, there's going to be some more, uh, GMing and gameplay. You know, my team plug and play uh, back on Saturdays with Cyborg and getting to cycle through new games. That's that's going to be back. So yeah, I think the biggest thing is when I'm done filming, I'll be back in the GM seat on a weekly basis, if not a couple times a week. And I'm excited to do that. Awesome. Well, definitely looking forward to it. Um, who knows? Maybe me and Derek can uh, take a, a st uh, guest star spot on one of the games that would be awesome yeah. <clears throat> absolutely well it depends on our schedule <laughs> yeah that'd be cool um yeah i would love to uh, uh at least have you know you guys as well as you know all the other gms and people running shows under cybernation uncensored at least at least you know stop in one or two of the games as like an npc or something like even if there's not full commitment to a game like something as easy as just hopping on a stream to play an npc and fuck with the characters a little bit or drop a plot twist or you know just have fun like i i love stuff like that too you know it could be super casual oh, that would be awesome yeah 
I would very much look forward to that. Yeah, we should do that. So, um, any other topics you want to cover? Like, I know you're definitely a GM. Is there anything you want to, like, talk with us on, on running games um, and and how what you see for, like, new, ga- new GMs or even old GMs, uh, things that you've seen that, you know, I think people should know versus... Uh, and, or how they can improve their game. Yeah. I think um, when it comes to GMing and stuff like that, I, the, the biggest piece of advice that I've kind of held on to and evolved to, because like I've always had other pieces of advice, right? Like some redundant shit, like first rule is always have fun. Like that's obvious. Like if you're not having fun, why are you fucking doing it? Right. So there's things like that. And then you need to learn the rules and learn the game to maximize the fun. So you're not sitting there looking up things all the time. These are all typical, but I also think because they're typical, the, the normal GM overthinks that shit. And then they end up not GMing because they feel like they haven't memorized the rules inside and out every little thing, or they haven't, uh, you know, uh, ran, ran through their campaign idea in their head enough or written it out or prepped enough, or there's always like something that'll keep you from doing things. And it's not just gaming, believe me, like I've kind of gotten to this point in my life because of all the things I do in every industry is like, I just go for it. And I think that's the biggest advice that I've been able to, I don't know, bring over to the GMing side of things as I always tell uh, new GMs, like just go for it like if you're thinking about gming or you're kind of dabbling or you want to stream but you're not sure or uh gonna run your own campaign or you've done a one shop you want to try ongoing or whatever it is just go for it because there's there's no better time than now that is a fact there will never be a perfect time you're always going to be inside your own head and you are your worst critic i i don't know anyone that's not amen to that you know um so like there's never going to be a perfect moment if you want to fucking do something just do it um so yeah i think that's the biggest thing that i've seen with uh, new gms is them hesitating to really just jump in the driver's seat and fucking go for it um and and, and nine times out of ten the ones that i see take that advice and just go for it they become amazing within just a handful of sessions and like they love it and they just never stop evolving and like it just i, I mean I, I i've never seen anyone just go for it and then completely go oh my god no i can't and like quit and stop and you know what i mean like you just get in your own head and you just got to kind of break that shell you got to break that barrier you just got to go for it you know yeah yeah uh i mean even for experienced gms i know one of the biggest hurdles i ever came across is i'd have all these great ideas that i'd hold on to waiting for like all right i'll wait for like the perfect time to implement this idea and then you know that moment passes and i that 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 idea never comes to fruition because it never that perfect moment never comes and i'm just all like well i should have done that i should have just gone ahead so now i just do it like if if there's if there's something i'm seeing in my head so will the players that's a great fucking point man um on on like within a game or campaign you know so many times back in the day you know i'll hold on to a great plot twist or something because as you know and i've said it already on the stream probably a couple times i say it all the fucking time like i love plot twists and i i like 
I, I like to think that's a big part of my GMing is I always try to create fun surprises, right? Um, within whatever genre the game might be. So uh, I've, I do that in Shadows of Asteria. I've done it in Dune. I'm, I love doing it in Cyberpunk because they're always dystopian or, or fucking backstabby or like, you know, grimy. There's always something to it. But, um, but there was a time like, you know, I'll come up with these epic fucking ideas and I'll be like, ah, you know, I, I don't want to do that in this campaign. Like, like you all, you're, you're scared to use up your good ideas because you feel like you're never going to have another good idea. And that's just not the fact. That's not true. Like, yeah, you just got to go exactly. for it. Like you said, just fucking use them. Just go for it. If you have a good idea, like, yeah, share it. Go for it. Share it with the players. And like, sure enough, you're going to come up with more like, you know, like, uh, I don't know how else to explain that. But I, I had I mean, a moment where I was like holding on to things. You know? Yeah, the trap I would get into is I want them to experience a baseline of what's normal before I introduce this epic fucking thing. And it just, like, for me, it's all about creating moments. Um, yeah. And if you don't throw those moments out, then they get lost. And you're just wasting your own potential. Yeah. That's part of why I started doing stuff like... Um uh in tarim and shit like uh what what is in media res and shit like just going right into it like that's kind of an ongoing joke as me as a gm if you talk to a lot of my teams they joke about you know me starting a campaign with you waking up naked duct taped in a bathtub you know what i mean like on the other side of the room you see your weapons piled up there's fucking you hear someone coming down the dark hallway to the left or i don't know but like i love starting right in the mix of some fucking crazy what normally might be a plot twist or a a, a peaked moment and then seeing yeah. where that evolves to, because like you said, you'll try to secure a baseline of normalcy. And before you know it, the players are already working into something fucking epic, you know, like on their own, whether you have something planned or yeah. not. Like, so you might as well just fucking go for it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think the, the problem with especially new GMs is they want to do everything right the first time. And it's a learning experience. Um, you're going to fail the first time. You're going to fail the next several times. Um, but with that failure, you, you slowly learn what works for you and what doesn't, right? And and start using those parts that do work. And, of course, your players will yeah, start don't, using it. Don't focus on uh, – that's, that's another big thing is don't focus on the things that didn't work the way you wanted to Focus on the little successes that worked out great, that the players all had fun. Um, as long as as long as everybody's having fun, like I said, that's that's what matters. Um, just like I used to be really leery of like taking suggestions from players because I wanted everything to be a surprise in the game, uh, and I was really working against the fun of the players and myself as a GM. Luckily, I got over that one fairly quickly like within the first year of gming but uh i remember that was a problem i still see people like struggling with the similar problems today when they're trying to gm they're all like oh my players keep going off on their own tangents and ignoring what i've got i'm like well just let them go with it yeah yeah try and work whatever you're doing into what they're doing as opposed to trying to force them down some railroad that you know may be completely against where the characters see themselves doing yep oh yeah i've had gm tips episodes where we talk about exactly that i've had different guests on and um it's a recurring thing i like to say like you'll see the players 
you know, do something you weren't expecting or go off on a, a random plot thing or all of a sudden they're making this one NPC that was supposed to just be a fucking background. Uh, oh, that's so, my favorite. That's so my important. Favorite so important in their life they're like following him home and meeting his family and like they're making this and like yeah. but whatever it is whatever it is just lean into it i love just saying, exactly like, yeah lean it, into it, it. I, yeah. i've gotten to the point where i absolutely love it when my players just latch on to some npc that's for me that's as good as it gets that means that you've done something in the game that they have connected to on an emotional level and the GMs who don't realize that really should take that information to heart because uh, at that point, even if it's not your plan, you're doing something very, very right. Exactly. Even if it's on accident. Hey, look, the, you know, like you said earlier, there is no wrong or right with this shit. Anyways, like if you're if you're GMing a good tabletop role playing game, it truly should be an open world. You know, like. Yeah. Some of my, my most fond memories of role-playing, like when I first got into Cyberpunk, my buddy Eric Chapman back in the day got me into role-playing. You know, me and him, we were the first. He got me into uh, uh, AD&D 2nd Edition. That's where I first, first started playing role-playing games. Then he introduced me to Cyberpunk later on in my life, and, uh, you know, it was it, it was over, you know. But some of my, my fondest memories of playing with him weren't running the little fucking scream sheet things. It wasn't running a fucking campaign that he created or I created because we would take turns GMing each other. It would literally be me and him, you know, spending the night at each yeah. other's houses. We were that young, you know, and you just play all fucking night, right? No responsibilities in the world. You're that young. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah like my, my favorite times were when we would just bust out the fucking map in the Night City uh, source book and just wing it or in the core rule book and just wing it on a fucking graph paper and we would just pretend like squares were parts of the city i would say oh i want to go down this street what's here and he would just make up whatever fucking shops are there you just make up something i would do the same thing when i would gm and those are kind of my my fondest memories of where like you picture the fucking city and the world coming to life and it's really immersive and like it feels like an 100%. open world you can go anywhere and do anything you know and i think that's that's, that's part of that's being a good RPGs, GM, you know? The art of RPGs comes to life for you. That's when you really get what it's supposed to be about, is uh, when everything feels alive. And yeah. even if it's just from doing something as simple as, like you said, walking down the street. Um, and it's those little details. Like, you don't have to worry. No GM has to worry about their epic storyline. They have right. to worry about the small moments. They have to worry about setting up the scene. Like, does the 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 stairway and the dilapidated building you're going in smells like urine and fucking garbage? Exactly. Uh, graffiti on the walls, weird stains on the carpet that you don't want to know what caused them. Uh, it's the little moments that 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 bring out the game. Absolutely. And I think a big part, another tip is uh, learning to improv a bit. Like good GMs can improv. I think yeah. part of the fun is like I'll play with most of my teams, players, whatever. And again, those fond memories from back in the day. Like if a player is like, uh, I want to go down that alley. I want to go in here. What's there? And I'm like, okay. And you quickly kind of make something up. You describe it. And then sure enough, they're going to go in that door. They're going to want to talk to that fucking person that you literally just created for that scene because they took a left instead of a right. And you leaned into it because it's fun. And that's what the players are doing. It's an open world, right? So they go in and they're going to talk to them. And like they're like, oh, well, what's behind that door? Let's open it. And like inside, you're like, yeah, what is behind that fucking door? This is exciting, you know? But on the outside, you're like, 
uh, yeah, you open the door. It's actually a back room. All these heads turn. You realize it's uh, they're playing cards, sitting around a table. Two security guards lift up their guns, pointing it at you. Like, like you quickly just try to come up with something, like I just did right now. You know, like yeah, so. Absolutely. But, in, but inside, yeah. But inside, you're just as fucking uh, like I don't know, lost and excited as the players. Like it should be an open world. But part of being a good GM is being able to kind of improv uh, any situation like that. You know. And there's charts and things that you can roll on to help you create things on the fly, like my campaign builder. I have other ones like the weather creator and things and location creator that, that I've put out. And Artal has put out things like that, too. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff that can help you along the way as a new GM, you know? That, I mean, 100%. I mean, all the source books I've written for Data Fortress, uh, that was just shit I was coming up with off the top of my head in, while I was running games. And I was like, ooh, that was a good idea. I should write that down somewhere. And uh, that's basically how the entirety of Tata Fortress became a thing. Um, yeah, the, the big plots will take care of themselves. You can always shoehorn them into whatever the players are doing. But uh, the improv, the, the thinking off the cuff, because your players are always going to fuck over whatever plans you thought you might have. Um, you just have to learn to roll with it and make the most of the smaller moments that tie the big thing together. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the other things that a lot of <clears throat> GMs miss is just roll the dice. Um, you know, if you roll a one or two, you know, more than likely you failed or, or someone has failed. If you roll higher, well, more than likely you succeed. And if there's an iffy number, that's when you go off and you start, you know, digging in and looking to see, hey, was I successful or not, right? Um, just to keep the action moving. Yeah, but at the same time, you don't ever, as a GM, the, uh, one of my biggest hurdles uh, was I used to use dice, rolling dice, as a method to create drama. Um and I would have players roll dice for just about everything. And I, I very quickly came to the realization that, you know, some of these things I don't want them rolling dice on. I don't want them to I don't want them to be able to fail this so catastrophically that it kills everybody just on something stupid like driving across town. Yeah. Um so yeah, roll dice, keep it fun, keep it keep the players invested. But uh yeah. Well, I think that's another awesome. uh, another piece of advice, you know, a sort of advanced GM sort of thing that you get with experience. And again, this is why all GMs should just dive in and start fucking playing uh, because you just, you kind of, you know, each team is going to be different, right? That's why you have a session zero to kind of learn what players are expecting. But um, you're going to find that sort of balance between crunch and cinematic. And some yeah. scenes, you know, some scenes, like you said, you don't, you know, dice are going to slow it down or lead it to the chance of something that completely derails uh, the possibilities that you have planned or something. I don't know. But there's definitely a sort of balance where, you know, you'll just describe stuff and it'll be more cinematic and you'll kind of go with descriptive stuff and players will try things and maybe you won't roll it. You'll just kind of have options and answers and it'll be. A, a, a sort of verbal choose your own adventure feel at a moment and like i said more cinematic and then you'll have times where like yeah it's time to like get into a little bit of crunch let's see what what the dice have decided for it you know and yeah. um 
Yeah, that's kind of like an advanced GM thing. I think there's no good direction to give anyone with that. You just kind of, once you start playing a lot, and like I said, each team is going to be different anyways to the balance of that, but you will find that sort of perfect balance with each team where you can tell everyone's kind of having fun and there's just the right amount of dice and crunch and just the right amount of role-playing and cinematic moments. And I don't know, you just got to kind of feel that out. Yeah, and like you said, it's going to be different for every every group you're with. Yeah. <clears throat> Hell, it'll it'll be different in every game you're in, even if it's the same That's true. Group. Like, uh, the way I play, you know, something like... Um, uh, shit. Uh, Paranoia is different than the way I play Cyberpunk, and the way I play Cyberpunk is different than the way I play Dungeons & Dragons. Like, it just... Yeah. It all, uh, it all is going to be situational, and just find your groove. Find the find the group's groove. Yeah, and, and see again. Uh, that's, that's those sort of things you cannot learn without just playing. Yeah, you, you, you want a GM, you have to just dive in. Yeah, and you know, being the forever GM is 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 fine and all, but you, I think you need to be a player. Uh, every now and then as well, just just so you understand it from that perspective. Oh, and, and, and to be able to fuck with the GM. Just the tables have turned, my friend. Let's, uh, let's be yeah. honest here. No, okay. <laughs> let, me, let me fuck up your story real good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, where do you want me to go? No, no, I'm going over here now. Now, um, what's in this trash can? Man, this trash can looks really suspicious. Oh, this NPC wants to talk to me? Shoot him in the head. Shoot him in the head right away. Yeah. Kill him. <laughs> Oh man, there's there's the big bad evil guy. I'm gonna go follow this cat around. He seems to know what. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I agree. I think it is important to play once in a while. I'm, I'm overdue right now, honestly. But um, I think it is. It's it's beneficial as a GM to kind of get a little perspective and kind of feel out what what certain things feel like from that that other chair, you know? Because then when you get back to the GM seat. Uh, and you get into those situations that made you feel a certain way as a player, you start to see them a little different. You go, shit, you know, let me let me work this a little different because I think it would be more fun as a player. You know, and you start to kind of realize certain things. So I think it's important, yeah, absolutely, to learn it, to to become a better GM, you know, play yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you don't ever want to make the mistake a lot of... I'm not going to say poor GMs or bad GMs or anything like that because everybody's got their tastes. Every group is different. But a lot of the the bigger problems I see for, come from uh, GMs treating the game like it's their own personal story. And it's not it's not just your story. It's everybody at the table's story. Uh, so it really, it GMs, it, it'll really help if you just remember that. And I think that's why playing playing a game every now and then as a player is important to help you remember that it's not just your story. Exactly. And also as a player, you get ideas <laughs> while you're playing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think it's fun too, um, especially being an experienced GM. I've, the few times I get to play... Um, I always feel like because of being a GM, I come up with some creative player moments and role play stuff. And it might be a little bit of 
um, subconscious meta playing, you know, because I'm, I'm heavily into like role playing. I want to use overlays, use a fucking voice. I, I, I've, I, br- I try to bring it to life, you know, just like I do as a GM with NPCs. But, um, but I think there is something to having that GM mind to where I, I feel like when I play, I try to be creative with it. You know what I mean? Like if I see a GM setting up certain things, I, I whereas I, I sometimes will feel other players, if they figure something out, they either go right for it or they purposely avoid it and do other stuff, you know? Like I'll try to kind of roll with what seems the most fun at the moment. And sometimes I feel yeah. like that's a little subconscious meta playing, like instead of going for to solve the overall problem or, or something per se, like you're right. Like to answer the question in the campaign, um, I might not focus on that as much as just trying to really fucking have fun with it, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, the whole point of, of of playing in the first place. That's why we do everything we do is because not only are we trying to have fun, but we're trying to help other people have fun with us. Yeah. Um, and if you're not doing that, you need to rethink your position on stuff. Yeah. Have you seen that uh, that documentary Game Masters? Is that what it's called? With those fucking guys. <laughs> being gms uh there's also a girl in it she gms she like dresses up as like a dark uh elf a drunk what are they called uh, drow, elf. Drow. drow yeah yeah have you seen that anybody no, anybody I, in chat i have not seen it but now i want to yeah it's called like game masters or something and it's on prime i think or at least it was when i saw it and uh man there's this one game master on there and he's almost like the stereotypical like arrogant like old school nerd like um like just fit, fit fit in the hollywood stereotype right like with his attitude not, maybe not the look like he doesn't have like the tape between the glasses like stereotype shit right but he's kind of fitting in with this like really like like i don't know how else to put it but like adversarial sort of, like, yeah yeah like this sort of like nerd aggression right like he knows more than anyone else at the fucking table and he's just playing this like real like like aggressive gm and i felt like the whole time he was like more worried about like trying to you know kill the players and like you know be impressive like oh i put this up in front of you <laughs> yeah and like how are you gonna get out of that now and like i don't know he was like less about having fun with his friends playing a fucking game and bringing these stories to life and creating something together and and like having fun with it and more like he had to win oh yeah you know no, what I mean? I, and there's no win I, as a I GM, earlier, like, you know that there's no such thing as bad GMs. I, I lied. There, there are bad GMs. Adversarial yeah. <laughs> GMs are bad. Um, I mean, I get that some people like those games and that's the way they like to play. But I've like that is the surest way to turn off a new player. Uh, if I had run into adversarial GMs when I first started playing, I probably wouldn't have continued playing. Just yeah absolutely uh, man. like that th- 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 there was nothing fun about it so yeah if you see that documentary watch it. it's a great great uh documentary thing um but yeah pay attention to that one guy you'll know him right away when you see him like holy shit that's the one rob was talking about what a dick like god damn is it, it was like is it on hard to watch YouTube? or yeah, is it an actual know. like like program like something uh, on netflix or something like that yeah it was an actual like documentary it was on prime i mean it seemed low budget but 
Let me see if this is. Well, shit, I got Prime. I will definitely be checking that out. It was oh, on there man. when it was. I don't. I don't know if it is anymore. The way the Prime algorithm works is so messed up. Yeah, I was trying to look it up real quick. I can't find it. But if I do, I'll drop it in the chat. So anybody in chat that's watching when we VOD this on YouTube or if you're listening on YouTube, I'll try to find that link and include it in the description or in the comments and find that documentary because it's definitely worth watching just yeah, just, just to see how some of these gems work. And the girl, the, the girl who dresses up as a drow, she did awesome. She was so into it, cosplay, roleplay, made it as immersive as possible, you know? Um, the other guy was just so fucking aggressive and like rule heavy and like just mean he just wasn't fun yeah it's crazy but it's a great documentary to see the different styles of gming and stuff yeah i'll definitely check it out yeah so what do you think so what do you think players can do to help a gm out uh, learn the rules uh that's like the first yeah. thing that can really help like I, I can't tell you how many teams i get with and somebody will be like, uh, you know, just like in cyberpunk in general, like, oh, I want to be a netrunner. I want to be this. I want to be that. And then, like, you get into it and you're like, ah, shit, okay, look, what deck do you have? Okay, you only have this many net actions. Yeah, you have net actions, but you're still in meat space? Yes. It works like this. And it's like, man, it really slows down the game. Or, like, you get a solo. Okay, you got to allocate your uh, your fucking rank points. Uh, where are you putting them? This gives you a bonus and this. This gives you, you know, like, there's certain things where, um, man, if a player just gets into their character and learns their character, it'll make the game so much smoother. You know, the GM should really be focusing on implementing the story, the plot, kind of painting a picture, you know, creating a world that the players can go play in and have fun in, uh, dropping some plot hooks and things, obviously, like giving some purpose, right, some options, of some direction. But, um, you know, it's important that the players don't make the GM, uh, you know, be the rule book the whole time explain yeah. every you know the the, the every little every thing every round it's rough it's rough like, dude, you've been <laughs> playing this game with me for 10 years what do you mean you don't know what you're supposed to be oh doing, yeah right? oh that's the worst when it's uh you know new players i can understand a little bit especially if they're like jumping into like in my case i have lots of live streams so i know players sometimes jump in last minute or i do the raffle right for patreon like i'm absolutely okay with it when it's those types of situations but like you just said man if it's a player i've been playing with for like months or a year or more like come on learn the fucking rules what's up <laughs> it's yeah. mean that's mean to do to the gm <laughs> i mean at least learn them as much as it pertains to your character like i don't expect you to learn every last rule but jesus know how that's your true. character yeah, yeah. works yeah, don't make for, me start yeah. looking through the fucking books for you that's a great point yeah i don't mean every rule like a gm is supposed to fucking run the game but i guess to be a bit more clear about that, like I was saying, like if you're a net runner, learn how to do a net run. If you're a solo, learn how to use those points. If you're a fixer, learn how to fucking network and use your different languages and things that come up when you get up rank, how to add in different cultures and stuff. If you're, you know, a, a fucking med tech, learn how when you rank up, how to allocate those points, whether you want to get into making your own pharmaceuticals or you want to get more into uh, cryogenics and whatever, you know, like I, I don't want to have to explain those intricacies within the roles. I think, Thank you for clarifying that, because absolutely, a GM should be, you know, running the game and the general rules. But yeah. when you pick a character, like, learn how to play that character, you know? 
I think that's the biggest tip for, for players. I would say. And it helps the player, too. It's not just a tip for the overall game, keeping things moving. But as a player, like you learn how that player works, you're going to you're going to get the most out of it. Like if you don't understand the little details of how your role abilities are working and shit, then how are you ever going to truly maximize those in, in situations, you know, and use them? Although I, I say all that, but at the same time, if you told me I had to figure out Thacko now, I'd, I'd look at you with a blank stare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thacko was That's easy. <laughs> Uh, it was such zero, a backwards man. mechanic yeah no i i understand what it is i understand <laughs> how to do it but the just the very nature of how backwards ass a rule that was just has never it, it's like mentally self-induced uh i don't even know the term for it it just seems like added crunch just to say we're smart enough to know how to add more crunch to it like you could think about yeah. it more stream you could think about that shit streamlined but why do that when you can prove that you're smart and you can add in some extra math uh no well, no yeah. i know it's not it's not that but yeah uh, again you know you 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 had a bunch of guys who were um very math oriented i think um especially from a wargaming point of view and i think they yeah i mean they all came from wargaming backgrounds which is i don't know it's, it's almost a miracle that we got a role-playing game out of that yeah uh because they were not they're not they weren't the most open-minded of guys they weren't the most uh well, different time and era you know yeah different time and era different sensibilities but uh but yeah knowing what we know about uh like gary it's it's a miracle we got what we did and we should we're absolutely grateful for it um yeah, yeah the con I, but yeah it was a long hard road to get there con i go to up in massachusetts um for a while like uh frank metzer was there the guy who wrote uh uh, the original Temple of Elemental Evils did a bunch of things. He did a lot of uh, Beck Me stuff. Um, Art, not Artisan. Who was the other guy? Crast. Uh, Tim Crast? One of the other, like, he was like one of the trios. He was a lesser known of the guys who started TSR. Um, but he would go there. And just hearing these guys, you know, he, and this was a few years ago. Frank stopped coming to that con uh, prior to COVID, and same with um, Tim. But just hearing these guys talk to these players, and of course, my friends are like hard old school D and D players, and they would always be on those things. And of course, players make stupid mistakes. They would just lay into those players, but like, how can you be so stupid and not check for traps on that door? What were you thinking? Oh, yeah. No, the old Grognard fucking mindset. Like, dude, you guys, you guys played entirely different, uh, like, fundamentally just a different game than, yeah. than what we played. Even that, even in the 80s, um, like, you seven the 70s players, the, those first guys where the whole thing was very adversarial because it came from wargaming roots. It was yeah. very much players versus GM and vice versa. Yeah. Um, and I think getting back to like the, and, the players, I just, 
I know we started getting off topic with like um, the history, but but for me, yes, they should know the rules. But another thing is, be present, um, especially with this day oh, yeah. and age of of technology where you have the world in your hand. You know, pay attention because <laughs> I've had players who you know middle of combat. All right, you do this. You you know, each go down each player. Okay, it's your action now. Okay, it's your action. Oh, what's happening? Dude, oh yeah. Why why haven't you been paying attention for the past five minutes? Oh well, just you know. And then again, when it comes around to his turn, what's going on? You know, it, it got to the point yeah. where I'm like, all right, you know what? You're not working in this game. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, get I had, it. A, I, I had I, a player like that back in the day, um, and it was horrible. They were, uh, they would they would hold up combat, they would hold up decision making, all that sort of stuff, and it was just ruining it for the other players. And I ended up cutting that player. Um, they just couldn't pay attention, you know. Yep. I mean, I get that. Uh, hell, I personally like something has to be visually engaging me um, at all times, almost. Uh, so I can stare at art or whatever while the game is going and still pay attention. Um, but I get, I get that argument on both sides. Uh, but you're right. There's nothing worse than somebody who just absolutely is not paying attention to anything over and over and over again. And every single time their turn comes up, you've got to explain the whole situation to them. Literally what's happening to their character. Like you could at least pay attention to that. Yeah. You should at least be invested in your own storyline. If not, if not the bigger picture, at least you should know what you're currently doing or where you're at, what your plan is. Yeah. And it also causes problems with other players because they're the, you know, yeah. You're delaying yeah, I mean, everybody's time, time is precious. Fun. You're, you're yep. fucking up everybody's shit. Pay attention at least in much so that you know what's going on and you know what your character's going to do. Have a plan before your turn. Don't wait till your fucking turn to... Like, oh, okay, well, where's this guy? Where's that guy? Blah, blah, blah. No, shit. figure it out. That's what you're... Use the time in between your plays wisely. Use it to right, figure yeah. out what you're gonna do. Yeah. Now I've got a uh, I've got a positive tip that popped in my head when we we're just discussing this for players. Um, you know, I it kind of st- it's in the same along the same lines of telling a GM just to go for it if you want a GM and you want to try it. Well, another thing that I see with players. Um, and I've seen this a lot with all the teams I run, with the exception of ones that kind of come from streaming, because I do run some teams like the Sirenscape team, prime example. People love that team because it is a great fucking team of players. All of them are streamers. They're all comfortable streaming live, being on a microphone, role-playing, talking in voices, being in character. They rarely speak in the third person. They speak in character. That doesn't come easy to everyone. And one tip that I can give players... When it comes to that, because I see a lot of players, you know, saying that, you know, talking about their character in the third person, they go over there, they do this and they want 
I don't know any player that doesn't want to. I've rarely met one that doesn't. Almost all of them want to speak in the character. They want to role play. They want to fully get into it. But almost all players are nervous to fucking do that. And that's even with the GM doing voices and NPCs and stuff. That's the first step. GMs, you know, just go for it. It makes everyone else comfortable. But players, the tip is, again, just like with the GMs, go for it. Start speaking in your character's voice. If it has an accent, give it an accent. If, you know, instead of saying in third person, say I, and just start talking as the character. And I promise you, it might be uncomfortable at first. It might be nervous as hell to, to initiate that, to first start speaking in your character, to first go for it, even though you want to. I know it makes you nervous. Trust me, we're all there. But I guarantee it, once you do that, it's going to be easier to do it moving forward, and it's going to get the other players to do it more and your GM. It's all a group effort and it just it just takes the gm going for it the players going for it people just breaking ice having fun with it i know it can be nervous you can feel shy it can be awkward but I, but nine times out of ten when i see players and gms and people just go for it it's just, <clears throat> man it just opens the floodgates and then you're joking around you're having a good time you're speaking in character all of a sudden your character's personality is coming to fucking life you know it's just it's so much better but that's definitely a piece of advice for players just like with gms just just try it. Just fucking force yourself to go for it. I I agree with everything you just said, although the caveat of that is is while I will speak in first person as the character, if I'm describing what the character's doing, I'll I'll revert to third person because that's just that's just how my brain works. Like I don't write in first person and I don't Yeah. Uh, so when I'm understandably telling you what I'm gonna do, yeah, it's gonna be in third person. But yeah, the words that come out of my ma character's mouth, those are my words. That's me speaking for the character. They will get funny, goofy accents. They will get, you know, quirks and mannerisms. Like, enjoy the game. Like, yeah. not everything you do has to be grim, dark, badass. Never make a mistake. Exactly. No, and I think people that, like, like we've said, you're, you're your worst critic. You're stuck in your own fucking head. And you will literally keep yourself from having more fun because you're overthinking that shit or you're like embarrassed to do it or like shy or whatever Absolutely. it is. And we're all there. Like literally we are all there. I don't, I haven't, I, I rarely meet anyone that is just blindly confident with everything. And you know, like almost everyone overthinks things and like is their worst critic. So like, just, just force it. Just fucking get past that barrier. Just trust me when I say that. And just go for it. Because once you do, like I said, it gets easier. And watch how quick your friends and other players, your GM, everyone does it more because they see you doing it. And all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, like he's, they're putting themselves out there. And like, oh, that looks fun. Like, I want to do it. Like, my character has a cool cork too. I want to show everyone, you know? And like, you start getting into it. And it's like, it makes it way more fun and immersive that way. Yep. Agreed. 100%. Um, plus, on top of that, like, as a player or a GM, encourage your players to do the fun stuff when they're doing, when they're getting into it. Encourage that. But if they if they're shy with it, if they're having a hard time grasping, don't don't discourage it. Don't like don't punish their them for not being where you're at. Right. Uh, in, instead, encourage the small strides they do make, and then eventually they will be where you're at. It just some people's. Learning curves are a little bit slower. They're uh, what they're accept what what they can personally feel comfortable doing in a public space is gonna be different. And 
don't don't ruin the game or ruin somebody else's enjoyment who's still trying to figure that out uh, when instead you could just embrace what they are doing. Right. Uh, I've got a little advice for uh, something that I do. If anybody's seen me, you know, run the numerous teams I've run for years or streamed for years, I guess you can't really see the ones I didn't stream. Right. But um, one thing I, I do with players and it really kind of, um, you know, opens the door for role play and for them to start getting into their character is when I start a campaign or a stream, uh, if it's the start of a day, I mean, it depends on where you're kind of starting, right? But if it's the start of a day, I'll kind of have them get up and each one describe the morning rituals of their character. Like, what do they do in the morning to get ready? And it's always funny to see the solo. Uh, he just fucking like doesn't even look in a mirror, just, you know, like lights up a cigarette, throws on his jacket, walks out, you know, stuff like that, you know? So like you kind of, get them to describe it a bit. Then once they're all together, make them talk to each other in character and describe the dream that they had last night. What did your character dream about last night? You know, and that little bit of role play, that little creative thinking isn't so difficult or intimidating for a player because they know it's not detrimental to the plot. It's not to the character. They're not going to die. Yeah, it's, it's literally just, some creative it's thinking. Just it's yeah, just a little bit of improv and it's, it's, it's a character talking to each other. Yeah. Throw some personality. Uh, so we get, yeah, just a little bit of personality, a little bit of creativity. Um, those are the keys that open up the door to the wider world of role playing. And uh, yeah, those moments, it's moments like that, the little moments. That's the magic of role playing games. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, Got about 15 minutes left. Any other topics you want to clarify? Yeah. Um, yeah one thing, because I saw PWB, I think, asking the chat about the direction of CNU. And I know we yeah. kind of talked about that, of me getting back from filming and being able to run more games again, some of the teams that have been on hiatus and wrapping up Sirenscape and putting you know a cap on, on th that those storylines and stuff. The other thing I'm planning on doing, I mentioned it earlier, is I'm going to be putting out a tutorial series, a crash course, like what I did for Cyberpunk Red, but for Shadows of Asteran, and then eventually Cyborg and some other games. I also am going to be getting back into my GM tip series. Um, I have, like, I think 30 plus or 20 plus episodes of that, and I, I tend to put those out every once in a while, but I do have a list of topics that I've been wanting to do. It's just when I can get to it, as well as my CN Reviews series. Um, i got to catch up with a bunch of products and books. But, um, but yeah, I want to put out some more streams and videos that aren't gameplay. As much as I want to get back into gameplay, and I'm excited to do it, I want to kind of get back to the roots of when I started the brand, which was to stream gameplay and to put out content about the games I love, you know? Like, I love giving out Game Master tips. Like, this, this stream today, it was, like, so much fun just to chat about just random GM and player tips and stuff like that. Like, I... Just as much as I have a passion for playing the game and running it and gaming, like I love talking about it and tips about how you can improve and my experiences with it, you know. Yep, absolutely. Um, and your your tools, like anytime I hear, uh, I, I talk to anybody who's just coming into trying to GM Cyberpunk, especially for Red. I definitely send them to your channels. And like, check out his GM tips. Check out his let's plays. You'll you'll be able to figure out everything you need to know from that. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. More also, of that is definitely a welcome addition. 
and also the game uh, game rep master card, referee card, right? Scorecard, right? Oh yeah. Which you you hand. Yeah, the GM report card. That card. Because it's, it's very similar to something I used to do years ago, and I stopped doing it. And I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like yeah. the video I, I do. Did a GM tips video about it. It's like, man, as a game master, we always constantly try to improve. And let's face it, everyone thinks that they know how to read people. I don't. I've never met anyone that's like, oh, I'm horrible at reading people. Everyone thinks they're fucking amazing. They, oh, I know what they're thinking. I know what their true intentions are. Like everyone thinks they're amazing at reading people. I've never met anyone that says otherwise. It's um, very rare. I, I will raise very my rare. hand right there. I'm. Well, that's horrible. rare, and you are very humble, sir, and I appreciate that. But <laughs> it's very fucking rare. You know, most people are arrogant and cocky, and they think they can fucking read and see through everyone. It's just like that. But you know, if you're smart enough, you realize that's just not the fucking case. Everyone is different you know so looking at that it's like yeah we all gm and you try to read you know the room you try to get the reactions from players during different scenes and situations and learn what people like and dislike and if you're friends with them it's that much easier right and then then versus just playing with people online or someone that you just met or at a con or something but um you know with ongoing even with that like you're not gonna pick up on everything you're not gonna pick up on every fucking facial expression all the body language the intricacies that make up personalities. You're just not going to read it 100%, especially while you're trying to maintain a plot, NPCs, the rules, everything else you're doing as a GM, right? So that's kind of what the GM report card came about, was like, look, um, I, it's just a, a factor. How else can I improve as a GM? It's a factor of that. And I see it with players because you do improvement points. Every fucking game has experience points and improvement points. And look at Red. They've even expanded beyond the in-character points. You get rewarded for role-playing, for, you know, uh, just doing other aspects of the game, being a good player. So, like, it's kind of like that. There, uh, there's never been something in place to help the GM in any of those aspects. And I was like, fuck, man, GM report card. You yeah. Know? The like, there's an idea. And it just kind of popped in my head and I went for it. A G every GM I've ever met is dying for feedback. Like they right? crave that shit like 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 kittens crave milk. Like they just we need it. And we don't get it. Um or at least not not to the not to the extent our egos crave. Um, absolutely, man. We're all artists. You know? Like we literally are all artists. Yeah. And, and like you said, and we're sensitive. We're yeah. all we're all our own worst critics, constantly right. telling ourselves that we suck. So if you come along and tell your GM he's doing a good job, trust me, that goes way further than you can possibly imagine. Oh yeah, and that, that's part of the GM report card. If you look, I don't have in there, like I even say that in a video where I explain. I know I did. I, I don't describe this aspect of it in the downloadable content, right? But if you watch the GM tips video I made over a year ago or whenever I put this out, I explain how in the GM report card you'll see there's no like dislike or no it's either like ah, oh, it's good or i want more of it because yeah. i don't want i don't want to focus on any negatives because we're already our worst critic we're all artists i'm fucking way too sensitive for that shit i wear my heart on my sleeve i'll admit it like i just want i want positive reinforcement so i can keep moving forward and doing this you know so i don't fucking stop myself over my me being my worst critic thinking i suck you know i want reinforcement and i want some direction so i want like Point me in the positive directions that you enjoy out of my GMing, so I can give you more of that. I don't want to Amen. hear what I'm the bad stuff. Like, don't because I'll focus on that way too much, and then I'll bring myself down, and I won't fucking stream, I won't game, I'll fucking shut this down right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'll fucking spiral. I will, <laughs> I will go into I a will depression spiral into the closet into will, a ball 
in the I will corner. Turn, I will turn the stream around and I will take us back home. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, but like, absolutely. That that's part of it. You know, it's like I made it more positive. You know, in what direction? Right. Yeah, it's good stuff. I really like it. Um, I mean, you implemented it well, and the concept is solid. Uh, yeah. Tip your GMs, folks. Not with money. <laughs> Although money and Praises. snacks are always, always, always welcome. But praise, even if it's just good job, buddy. Like, I'll take it. I'll take anything I can get. Yep. Yes. And and like you said, don't deny the snacks either. I will take some fudge-covered Oreos. Anytime oh, Jesus Christ. Any time of the day. God, I miss gaming in person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess we can wrap it up from here. Uh, Rob, it's been a pleasure. I, I'm surprised we didn't get you on sooner. We should have gotten you on sooner. Um, um, definitely. We will get you on again. You are always <laughs> welcome on the show. Yeah, next time. Yeah. I mean, you're the host. You can always intrude anyway. So. Yeah, very true. <laughs> You've got the keys to the place. Yeah, yeah, I'll just uh, hop on stream when you're unexpected. You're just streaming live, and I just hop in, like, here, we're talking, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and that's Hey, true. thanks, Craghorst. See, in chat, just gave away a bunch of uh, subs. Oh, nice. Awesome. Thanks, Craghorst. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah, I mean, with anyone, you know, our the, the Forlorn Dope, all our past guests are more than welcome to come in and, and sit in and chat with us. Um we just, you know, only thing we require is, hey, you know, let us lead the conversation, and then you can always butt in and say hi. Um, of course, yeah, a little bit of advance notice is, is sometimes helpful. Yeah, yeah. But, not always necessary, means. but yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, and means, props to you guys expanding that too, because you know I love the show, and um, you know, wouldn't be part of what we're doing, and I w wouldn't, you know be friends with you guys on that level if i didn't like the shows you know i would just yep. be a fan of your sites and call it a day but I, I do enjoy it and i think you guys talking about the topics you do when it comes to gaming especially cyberpunk oriented shit like you know your stuff you're passionate about it it comes across and it's a great show and i think it deserves more attention than it gets you know i think all, all of these shows all these creators that we have are just fucking deserve so much more and i hope to take it to that level one day like get more exposure for all of us but props to you guys even within that doing the job you're doing expanding the show into having guests and doing stuff like that I, I i love it like you guys are bringing on these you know writers and artists and people from the 2020 days and like kind of you know the founding fathers of cyberpunk and shit right <laughs> so like not just bringing in the industry people but these obscure like talents that you forget about and yeah. um and then to bring that back like i, I love what you guys are doing it's fucking awesome well, appreciate it thank you i mean at the end of the day we're just too old farts who really love the game yeah. And now we've got a platform that lets us ask uh, ask these old creators uh, the questions that we've been waiting twenty years to ask. Yes, um, and it's been that's awesome. quite an experience. So while we're glad it entertains out. people, at at the, at our heart, we're just being very very selfish about it. Like we want to know these things. Yeah, see, that's we what's awesome about it. <laughs> yeah yeah no but see that's what's awesome about it man it's like you guys are a fan and you're passionate about it. that was when i first started 
this brand is cyberpunk uncensored i feel like that was part of the quick success of this brand and getting to meet you guys and other people and industry people and just getting people into what i was doing was like i'm fucking like that man like i love this game i love cyberpunk i love the genre i'm passionate about it and it shows like i don't fake shit you know what i mean like i don't have time to be faking anything we are (laughs) and I, i feel that with you guys too and i think that's what shows man it's it's awesome we just want to say how very, very grateful we are for the opportunity you've given us to share these stories and uh, and talk to these people with uh, hosting us on on Cyber Nation Uncensored. And I mean, we owe you us getting together in the first place. Like we said at the start of the show, you originally interviewed the two of us uh, together, and that's what led to this show happening. So yeah, thank you so very much, Rob. Yeah. Oh, of course, man. Yeah, thank you guys. All right. Enough of the ego striking. Um, <laughs> I could use a little more. Fuck yeah, it. Well, we true. got time. Let's. Uh... <laughs> well, I got to wake up in seven hours ago to do a one-hour drive. So. Um, oh yeah, we're we're back to filming tomorrow. I got to get up at like fucking four a.m. to drive two hours into. <laughs> downtown and get back to film inside yeah i feel you man yeah. yeah it's tough man but anyways work to do again appreciate you here um for all of you yes yeah. definitely check out cyber nation uncensored um we we thank you for uh keeping us uh going on your site um and, and on your stream so <coughs> definitely appreciate that um so gonna wrap up uh i am cyber smiley you can check me out on my site uh cybersmiley.net uh, I have a bunch of uh, utilities for Cyberpunk 2020 and Cyberpunk Red. I'm still trying to get back into creating a few more, but uh, real life has kind of taken over my life. But um, I'm also on several discords. Uh, you can definitely check us out on CyberNation on Censored's Discord. We have our own channel there. Uh, I have also a Discord to support my own site. Um, also, I'm on a bunch of other uh cyberpunk discords from the various uh west marches to al tarsorian site as well even uh monster freight club and a lot of the uh cyberpunk 2077 sites as well also i hang out around uh reddit um do a little bit of lurking there um so you can definitely check me out there I am Wisdom000. My name is Derek Vernier. I run DataFortress2020.com, the uh, largest, most comprehensive Cyberpunk 2020 site on the planet. Um, You can get a hold of me there. You can get a hold of me on Facebook. Uh, I am present on the Cyberpunk 2020, the CyberNation Uncensored, and uh, the DataFortress2020 Facebook groups. I'm on the same, most of the same Discord channels as uh, Smiley, although I don't participate there as much. I, it's more of a lurking situation. I also lurk around the various cyberpunk re, uh, cyberpunk sh- uh, groups or whatever they're called on Reddit, so you can find me there. Uh, by all means, please get a hold of us if you have any comments, complaints, suggestions, criticisms. Uh, we love hearing from you. Um, thank you so much for listening and supporting us. Thank you, Rob, once again for hosting us on Cybernation Uncensored. You can catch this episode 
and all our past episodes on the YouTube Cybernation Uncensored channel under the Tales from the Fortal and Dope playlist. Um, thank you for coming on the show, Rob. Thank you for uh, thank you everybody yeah. for listening. And uh, yeah, thanks for having talk. me. All right. Absolutely. Anytime. And thanks, we'll... thanks, chat too for uh, yes. you know Thank asking you, questions, chat. being part of it. Yeah, and Crag Horse rewarding some, giving yeah. out the subs and stuff. Just love chat being part of all our streams. Really appreciate all of you. I do definitely. Yeah, we'll it... see you guys in two weeks where we should have Ed Bohm. Yes, uh, joining us, Mr. Oh, Rich yeah. Bartmos. Yeah, so. creator of Rich Bartmos, author of uh, Rich Bartmos's Guide to the Net and Brainware Blowout as well as contributor to just countless other Artalsorian books. As well um, as the author of Forlorn Hope, I believe. Yeah, Tales from the Forlorn Hope, which is where we got our name from. Um, yeah, Definitely. dude's legend. Definitely. All right, everyone, we're uh, out of here. See you in two weeks. Later.